break out the asbestos, because today we have the hottest takes, and the spiciest predictions. But unlike Twitter or asbestos, we won't give you cancer. Since Vegas never loses and Twitter never shuts up, we need to connect the dots, and provide you with groundbreaking analysis for the price of free 99. Today's guest is the commissioner of our league, Chris Throws Rocks, as he provides a voice of reason, a first for this podcast. Enjoy! Hey everybody, I'm Boots. I'm Iken. And today we brought our glorious overlord, he has blessed us with his presence. We got Chris Throws Rocks, the commissioner of the uh, fantasy football discord that we all play in. He overthrew the last guy. I don't know how he did it, but he's blessed us with his presence. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, glad to be here. (laughs) Thanks for coming in, Chris. Pretty excited. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about some season-long predictions, uh, over-unders, things like that, in real football for the first half. And in the second half, we want to talk about some fantasy predictions. We're going to talk about season-long guys, guys that are going to finish way higher than they're being drafted, or guys that are getting, you know, way over-drafted. so I, I, I'm going to go ahead and start it off. I'm just going to, we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, first over under, I want to talk about, this is a boring player on a boring team with a very interesting head coach, Derek Carr, over under season passing yards, 3,725. Uh, hammering the over. What do you guys think? Well, it's, it's Derek Carr. Thanks. I don't know. Can, yeah. Can you even call it a run first offense? I think that's, I don't even know. I mean, um, this is my thing about it. You're talking about a guy who's beaten that projection the past two years, right? Thirty-seven twenty-five, and the man threw for four thousand yards the past two years, and his offensive weapons have only gotten better. Am I am I crazy? That's well, really the question mark, though, right? In the sense that while he, I mean, he's lost Tyrell Williams they, to him on IR, right? And so now you're dealing with a, a, a ragtag cast, right? Who you probably don't get a lot of practice with coming in. Um, that, yeah. that would be my concern with it, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, I know we're all a little bullish on rookie wide receivers, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little. <laughs> or completely fading the ball. Um, and I mean, who do they bring in? Uh, Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar? Like, ugh, you know. Um, well, but there's a little hype around Brian Edwards, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I like Brian Edwards. I think that they're they definitely um, made some great moves for Derek Carr in the draft. And you know, you you kind of you kind of take a look at what he's accomplished in, in this last season okay so we're talking about the ability for him to get yards though mm-hmm. okay so i don't necessarily know that a lot of the yard production from the for the raiders has been from Derek Carr throwing now i know that mm-hmm. now so just taking a quick look he was number nine in red zone attempts in 2019 with a similar cast of characters right like you're a lot of them has been have been kind of lateral talent now that's not including a rookies right like they need time to develop i think their top level talent right but you know it's going to be kind of a lateral move this season but we have he was 25th in deep ball attempts so i think i think that that kind of speaks to the fact that i'm you know what man i'm taking under you're gonna go under i'm taking under on this one i don't like it where where are you at? I, I I think 
I think I have to take the over. Um, I, the interesting uh, discussion in this is not really Derek Carr is what they do with, with Josh Jacobs, obviously. And if, mm-hmm. if any of these projections show what, what people are thinking and that Derek Carr will make those 4,000 yards and he'll probably be alive through Josh Jacobs. Another name that isn't getting talked about, which I think is really interesting, is second-year wide receiver Hunter Renfro. Um, I, I think there's a, if we're talking about some potential breakouts and, and that second-year breakout is definitely a thing, um, he's an interesting target to at least look at, especially for his, uh, if we're getting to fancy football as draft capital. So... But isn't so? I, I'm I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, guys. So, wasn't Renfro used in the slot? Uh, predominantly, as I understand, yes. And and it, it, so I'm looking at more into into Carr stats, and I think that that is supported very heavily. So Carr was actually number eight in passing yards total last year. However, his he was 25th in pass attempt distance, meaning that he's been throwing those tiny little short balls. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that I think that if we're going to look at the number of pass attempts or if we're going to look at the number of completions or we're going to look at the number of touchdowns, I'll hammer the over on car. Okay? okay. But I mean, so he may have had just over 4000 passing yards last year. But I think given the situation that Josh Jacobs has had is going to have another year. Uh, you know, a full year under his belt. I think mm-hmm. that they're gonna they're gonna hammer Josh Jacobs this year. I'm going. I'm still staying with under guys. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't hate it. Like, I, I completely agree with you, your guys' logic here. You know, uh, I, I get where Iken's coming from. The concern about, uh, you know, that Josh Jacobs is taking the step forward. That he's gonna probably just ground and pound that ball. Um, and that, yeah, like you have rookie wide receivers on that team. It's two of them that we're really talking about. And I don't think there's many teams we're only really talking about two rookie wide receivers, right? Uh, Brian Edwards and Henry Ruggs being the two guys, right? But Chris makes a good point of uh, Hunter Renfro. I mean, but have you seen his bars? <laughs> They're awful. <laughs> oh. um, no, I, complete, I completely understand. And, and I... I I'm just not sure how I feel about it. I could I could easily see it happening, um, and I, I'll say this: I, I was listening to a different podcast where they talked about that the NFL now, where we're at now, we are seeing more guys coming out of college being quote unquote NFL ready, right? That some of these schools are almost just literally NFL development programs, right? We're talking about the Alabamas, the LSUs, and things like that, right? That these guys are coming out of those schools being purely NFL-ready more now than they were before, right? I still am I'm totally agreeing with you guys that, for the most part, I fade rookie uh, wide receivers. But I think that that trend is heading upward, that we're seeing more guys be NFL-ready. I don't know if Henry Ruggs is that guy, but I, I'm still going to go the over here, Uh and I, I, I think I think I'll rest my case on Derek Carr throwing about four thousand yards is is gonna be my guess. Um, does anybody have one that they like? Has anyone seen one they like? I am a huge fan of the DeAndre Hopkins line of eight and a half touchdowns for the season. The over under. I am hammering that over all day every day. That's easy. That's free money, in my opinion. Kyler Murray has got a year under his belt. He's in an air raid offense. And I mean, I know that everybody is on this hype train. 
There's, <laughs> it's, there's a lot of haters on the sidelines. It's only because they didn't get their tickets in time, okay? So, you know, I DeAndre Hopkins is an exceptional talent. He's Hall yeah. of Fame talent. If if anybody can walk into that offense year one and dominate, it's him. I, I there's there's no reason not to expect it. I mean, he has a good supporting cast of characters. A, I mean, Drake is a is a talented running back that is going to provide threat up front. Okay, it's not going to be something where they can just let all of their defensive backs hang back and just hang on Nuck, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I th- I think that there's going to be threats at all stages in all positions and so that is going to allow him some opportunity to succeed i think i'm hammering that over okay chris what do you think about that oh this is like right on the cusp for me it's really tough for me to ever project over nine it's eight and a half right um it's really tough for me to ever go over eight and a half touchdowns when you get into double digit touchdown range you are very much just trying to hit variance a little bit and, and so it hasn't, with that being said, DeAndre Hopkins is hashtag really good at football, like insanely good <laughs> yeah. at football. Um, and uh, if anyone is, if there's any one person that could, it would be probably him uh, in this yeah. NFL right now. Um, there are so many concerns that you have here. He's coming to a new offense in a COVID year. Um, mm-hmm. That entire offense just has a fair amount of options, particularly in the red zone. I, um, not that I'm really targeting him anywhere, but Larry Fitzgerald, I just have this feeling, is going to be good for like four to five touchdowns randomly. And then he might only get like 40 to 50 receptions, but I have a feeling he's going to be a little bit of that safety blanket for Kyler Murray, too. That's my concern. With that being mm-hmm. said, like, uh, it, it, uh, that noise is great. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think the line's about where I, I, I don't think I'd want to take either side. If I had to pick, I actually might take the under, but I, I can't fault either way. I, I think I would. Uh, for, first of all, I'm with you, Chris. I'm pushing. If, if I'm, if I'm yeah. in the decision here, I'm pushing. But uh, I, I, I think I would take the under because I do agree that. Um, it's just new offense. I, as I understand, there's only one guy that's ever done this in the past, like 15 years. And it was Brandon Marshall, um, that went on to score that many touchdowns on a new team. Um, and Brandon Marshall is obviously, was obviously hashtag good at football. Um, <laughs> but and, not and hashtag really good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is like a, a phenomenal talent. Oh, you yeah. know, He's, he's one of those guys that you watch and you go, oh man, I, I'm really glad I watch football when DeAndre Hopkins plays football. Um, I want to rephrase Icons here because I like DeAndre Hopkins too, and I know Chris doesn't like projecting touchdowns unless it's Devontae Adams scoring, what is it, uh, nine? Was it something like that? Devontae Adams scores nine touchdowns every year, something like that. Uh, what about Maybe. DeAndre Hopkins receiving yards at 1,125? Do you feel a little more comfortable answering that one? 1125 receiving yards yeah i hadn't thought about that now i would be i would i think that i would comfortably you know what i don't know that's hard 
That's wow, so you you you're fine with nine and a half touchdowns, but eleven hundred receiving yards—that's your line. You're like, yeah, oh, I don't know. Because, Interesting. Because DeAndre Hopkins is a big dude who can jump over people and contest balls. That's what he does. And yeah. so Kyler Murray's a short dude. So <laughs> I mean, he's going to be throwing it, and he's going to be he's going to be throwing it in that position where only DeAndre Hopkins can get to it. Okay, that's 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 how I'm looking at. It. I know that De- I, I know that DeAndre Hopkins is used all over the place, or he was in Houston, and we have no idea how he's going to be used in the Cliff Kingsbury offense. But I have a feeling that because that he's ex- an exceptional talent, that he's going to be utilized for his strength and however in, he needs to to get the job done. And okay. so, you know, I don't I don't know necessarily that Kyler is going to be chucking it down to him. You know down mm-hmm. that far, giving them all sorts of deep balls and all st- everything like that. I just, I don't know, something, I have a really good feeling. My gut says nine touchdowns at least for okay. for Nuck. Now, now, Chris, what do you, what do you think about uh, the 1,100 receiving yard mark? I mean, that's, if, like, if I had to kind of project it, like, that is kind of right where I slot him. Like, again, like, this is, like, I think that line is dead on perfect. Like, I if if the pass is an option, I want to pass, but that's not an option. I I don't know how the Arizona offense is going to run, and and that's just like a issue with with this year in general with all these teams, right? You don't have a, a good feeling for things, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of staying away. I I think Christian Kirk is going to be more involved in this too. Yeah. Um, I I I like Kenyon Drake. I and I even if Kenyon Drake goes down, I like Chase Edmonds. So I you know I, I have no worries about uh, uh, that sort of game. And they've never really used their tight ends, and I don't think that's going to change. Um, what you're not scared of Max Williams? <laughs> <laughs> I mean Max Williams and uh, who was the other guy that that was there that I always forget? Um, Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, interestingly enough. Uh, Nuck right now, his line with 2020 player with the most regular seasons receiving yards has the exact same betting line as Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So if you think that Chris Godwin and Mike Evans can can meet 1125, then I, it's, it seems as though that Vegas agrees with you. I would definitely feel more confident. This is going to sound bad, and it's probably like an unpopular opinion, potentially, because I know that he's falling in the draft. I'm talking about Hopkins here. He's going, you know, towards the end of the second, about where Chris Godwin is going. I'm going to take Chris Godwin every single time for a few different reasons. I do think that Arizona defense is getting better. In the second half of the season, when they got rid of Terrell uh, Suggs, you you guys may have seen that Brett Collimate video where yes. he talks about they revamped that defense. It still wasn't great. But who do, they, who do they bring in? Isaiah Simmons, which kind of fits perfectly in that defense, right? So I, I think it's going to be better. I don't think it's going to be phenomenal. You know, we, you know the, the top three tight ends of the league is Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, and whoever's playing Arizona. That's still probably going to be the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. No, it's so true. Um, I do think they're going to be a little bit better. So that that is like a slight concern for me personally. I, I actually think I'm going to go with what I can said. I, thinking about it, I, I've listened to both of what you guys have said. I am going to go over on the touchdowns and under on the yards. Um, that's, I think that's my official stance. Um, but let's, let's move over 
instead of talking about these these guys here, let's talk about some fantasy here. We, you know, we've been, we've been talking about a lot of um, you know NFL production. We're all fantasy football players. None of us actually know anything about NFL football. Um, let's talk fantasy. Does anybody? Let me let me let me start with this question. If this, I'm gonna name a, a thing, and y'all want you to answer the prompt here. Uh-huh. One player drafted at their ADP, if they play 16 games, healthy games, they are a league winner. Who is it? And I, I, I'm going to say you can't say Will Fuller. <laughs> who, do you, who do you guys got? One player, all 16 healthy games, they are a league winner at their ADP. Any guesses? Or any, any who do you think that is? I am going to say, I, and you're probably not going to disagree with me here, Tyreek Hill. Just one hundred percent at his ADP at at two six right. So is, is that assumption basically that Tyreek Hill is the wide receiver one then? If he plays sixteen healthy, Ab- absolutely. The dude has not has has a he's the favorite target of the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I mean, <laughs> the the guy was putting up forty point games sometimes. I mean, absolutely, the guy's a league winner. In my that's that's my opinion, right? And at two six, he's a steal. I I'm gonna say his ADP is a little bit high, but it's not at what I perceive this player's feel, uh, ceiling to be. Evan Ingram, sixteen healthy games, being drafted in like the sixth, seventh round. In my opinion, a sixteen healthy game Evan Ingram is almost as just as good as George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. In my opinion. Oh, I see uh, what you're getting at now. Yeah, at his ADP, he is quite literally in my mind. If he played sixteen healthy games, he is a league winner. What do you have, someone, Chris? Yeah, I'll split the difference between your rounds. And um, again, I, I'm you know I'm gonna I'm gonna stand Brandon and go <laughs> wide receiver. Um, but it's AJ Brown. Like AJ Brown Ooh. is just uh, he is just poised. If he can stay healthy for an entire season, particularly where he's going in this spot in draft where people are snapping up running backs, like if all of a sudden you can find a a wide receiver one where you're drafting AJ Brown in the fourth round, like you've kind of made up your, 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 the advantage you've given up in that sense. Right. And he has all the makings for what is going to be an ex absolutely spectacular season. Um, the only thing that's potentially holding him back is that Titans offense. And even then I don't think it's going to do it. Um, yeah, it's something that I've, that I've oftentimes thought about because I, I'll, I'm on board with you guys. Like I, I love AJ Brown, uh, exceptional talent, uh, exceptional opportunity. Now, especially vacating, vacated by Corey Davis, which <laughs> I mean, he never really had. He never really <laughs> took the helm on that one, anyway. Um, but yeah, it, I just basically I agree, right? So it, the thing that worries me is that the game script is not going to be in his favor, mm-hmm. but. I'm, and, and I guess this is where I'm going with this. I am going to, since I understand the re, the the um, the game now, I'm changing uh, my I'm changing my answer. <laughs> okay. Sixteen healthy games. Devonta Parker. Oh, that's a good one. That's uh, a good one. Because in in the same vein of where you have someone that is is their exceptional talent. This dude's this dude's got a gunslinger. Mm-hmm. behind him they're always going to be behind <laughs> so they're That's always going to be throwing <clears throat> absolutely a game winner if, if or a league winner if he plays 16 healthy games 
Now, I, I had said you can't say Will Fuller, and I thought that someone was going to take this bait. Um, the real answer, in my opinion, Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> I mean, has John, Deshaun Jackson ever played 16 healthy games in his I, life? <laughs> I mean, um, I'll gladly draft him in the 15th so I can get that 40-burger week one, but <laughs> after that, I don't know, man. I, I'm with you. Um, let's, I'm going to go with one more Uh that potentially could easily be a, a league winner if he plays 16 healthy games, which is something I do not believe this player has ever done. I'm going to go with Debo Samuel. What do you guys think about that? Debo Love Samuel, 16 healthy games. Love it. He fits I mean, that second year wide, uh, wide out that like, it, that is where you see the breakouts happening. If you look at, if you're listening to Sean Siegel at, at Rotoviz, like he loves that second year. Everything is set up for Debo Samuel as well. Same situation as AJ Brown in the sense that 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 it isn't necessarily an offense that's known for its pass game. But that being said, like the the opportunity is totally there. This, this is my favorite thing about D, Debo Samuel, right? When I consider second-year wideouts that have the you know ability to you know make that next step forward, we're talking about AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, and Debo Samuel, right? They all had decently comparable years last year, although Debo didn't necessarily see the end zone as much as those guys. But target-wise, they were not incredibly far off, right? Obviously, DK got 100 targets, but what I'll say is the big difference is is Debo goes four rounds later than those guys, like. Yes. I, that's the that's the big benefit there is like yeah you're gonna be happy owning AJ Brown you're gonna be happy owning DK Metcalf but Debo Samuel you get in the eighth round oh man like 16 healthy games from him and you're ecstatic um let let's go real quick as we as we round this out here let's hear some 90 50 10 predictions for the year 90 50 10 works you give us three predictions one you're 90 percent confident in one you're 50% confident in, and one that you are 10% confident in. And you better be spicy on that 10% one. I want, I want to hear something spicy here. I will go ahead and start, and I will say um, that I am 90% confident that... <laughs> this is, this is going to sound really mean. I am 90% confident Terry McLaurin is going to be... We are going to be hearing buy low on Terry McLaurin in a few weeks. Um, his first half of the season is awful. It is absolutely terrible. The corner matchups that he is facing are incredibly difficult. I think he is going to put up some very poor numbers at the beginning of the year. And we're going to be hearing buy low on Terry McLaurin by week five. Um, his later half of the year is a lot better. But beginning of the year, I, I think it's been posted around... He is going to be playing against some very tough corner matchups. He's got Darius Slay week one at Philadelphia. He's got Patrick Peterson in Arizona. Um, I don't remember the corner in Cleveland. It's slipping my mind. But And then in Baltimore week four, he's got uh, Marcus Peters and uh, Humphreys over there. Isn't uh, Hayden? Week five, it's uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, so those are some tough corner matchups. I'm 90% confident we're going to be hearing by low on Terry McLaurin by week five. 50% confident. 50% confident Will Fuller plays over eight healthy games. That's not that uh, spicy. Uh, the man's like never done it. <laughs> He's always hurt. I, I think I think that's perfectly acceptable. Like I want you, I, if for your 50, I want to hear you say something like, 
Okay, 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 fine, fine, fine. I am 50% confident. Gosh, I don't know. I, I That was the one I prepared. Nine. I'm sorry. I will take nine. You'll, you'll take what? I'll take nine games instead of eight for the 50%. You'll take... <laughs> oh, wow. You're so you're so much more spicy than me. <laughs> All right. Who, who's got their 90%? Let's hear a 90%. I'll go a 90%. I'll say that both uh, Chris Godwin's... Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I was coming into a, a Godwin's, and I'm like, that's a that's a horrible celebrity couple. Um, <laughs> so I'll say both of them are top 15 wide receivers this year. Um, the, yeah, I think that's a pretty reasonable take, but it's 90. Um, I I think that that the more of the take there is that Mike Evans is a top 15. I think everyone's think everyone's lower on him than they should be based on how drafts are going. But um, I think both of them will be perfectly fine. You know I, what, Chris? You know, Chris, I'm going to one-up you on that one for my 90%. <laughs> I'm right. going to one-up you by saying that I am 90% sure that the Rams wide receivers are going to be top 12. Each oh. one of them Ooh. are going to be top 12 <laughs> this season. I think, and I was going to play a game, but we won't play it today. We'll play it another time. We'll play a game of who did this stat, Jared Goff or X. QB because there's uh, some really interesting stuff for 2019 and I am super confident that the the Rams receivers are going to be phenomenal this season. Okay. Uh, I had said my 50. I'm going to say my 10 real quick. My 10 is Calvin Ridley is a top six wide receiver this year. Uh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. It's just spicy enough. You're getting him in the fourth round. The man was about to hit 1,000 yards last year before he gets injured and misses three games. Um, he seems to be the wide receiver that is able to make it to the end zone, unlike that other guy on that team. Uh, I don't even know who that guy is. Uh, all I know is he doesn't score touchdowns. Um, but I, I'm going to go Calvin Ridley, top six wide receiver this year. That's my 10%. Uh, Chris, did you have a 50? You, you got a 50? I have a 50, but it was going to be A.J. Brown related because I just am in love with A.J. Brown. Um, I'll go with my 10 right now just because I, I think the 50 is boring. Let's go spicy. We got spicy, okay. Chris, out. I'm going to say that Preston Williams, who is currently the wide receiver Ooh. 50 off the board, is a top 24 wide receiver this year. Um, wow. I Yeah, I, I think he's being way underdrafted. Um, he fits a lot of these same things that these other, like A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Devo Samuel, he's in that same draft class. Um, mm-hmm. You have the same situation when you have a quasi-ambiguous backfield, but you have no Alan Hearns, you have no Albert Wilson, right? He's going to see 30% of the air yards in that, in that offense, and it would be shocking if he doesn't hit 110 targets, very easily hit 120, could hit 130. If he hits 130, he's definitely into the top 20. Um I I am a big fan of Preston Williams. The dude's a beast. Is the the whole thing with him is if he can be healthy after missing half the season with the ACL last year. Um, but it looks like he's starting week one. If he starts week one and they let him go, he's gonna go. He has a great quarterback. Fitzmagic is is the D gap quarterback <laughs> of the twenty twenties, right? Exactly. Lo- I love that one. Yeah, I mean, you can you I'll I say yes to Miami wide receivers all day every day. Yep. Just yes. At their at their ADP. Oh yeah. Uh, for their upside. Yes. 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 Thank you. Just not as my wide receiver one. 
probably the only <laughs> thing I'll say no to. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll say this. I'll say this real quick. One thing I noticed, I'm looking at the champs draft right now as just a reference point for myself. There was a constant joke about me and mock drafts that I always ended up accidentally drafting both Julio and Calvin Ridley. Um, I just noticed this. List of drafted both Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. <laughs> um, so, And he did it in a real draft, so... I, I feel okay accidentally taking Julio and Calvin Ridley in like nine mocks in a row. <laughs> um, I mean, I can do. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, the, what's the stat that basically around four four teams every year have two wide receivers that can produce top twenty four numbers? Um, and if you're looking at offenses that have it, I mean, I think the obvious ones we're hitting we've hit on already are. Um, the the Falcons. I agree with you. I can 100%. The Rams are a team that can do that. Uh, if Russ can cook, I mean, you look at Lockett and DK. Like that's a team that could do that. But also oh. the Dolphins just have a. They're gonna be behind. They don't have a high um, win projection this year. Um, they're not really looking at a strong run game. They're not. I mean, what's their backfield? It's uh, Jordan Howard and it's uh, Matt Breida. Yeah, like I mean, it's fine, but I don't really see a ton of attempts. It's going to be through the air, and it's probably going to be through Devonte Parker and Preston Williams, to be honest. Um, if it, uh, He's not even listed as tight end one <laughs> on that team right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm less worried about that, but like, I would, I would, wouldn't be surprised if the Dolphins are a top five in a passing attempts team in the league this year. Um, and that's the kind of thing you want when you're trying to get two wide receivers. The thing that's going to hurt them is they're just probably not going to have the touchdowns available to them that the other teams are going to have. Yeah. That's yeah. very true. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I'll give my, I'll give my 50. Okay. Uh, my 50 is that Marlon Mack will be an RB one for the first half of the season. First whole half. So eight games. Yep, so for first eight games, he will average out to be, you know, top 12 for the first half of okay. the season. That's that's my prediction. After that, all bets are off. That's only a 50-50, okay? I, I which, agree with you completely, Which, um, given his ADP right now, uh, that's, a, that's a bet that I'm willing to take a gamble on because, really, the opportunity cost for that – is low and the the upside is high. Mm-hmm. So and it's it's no I I took Mac in that position uh, pretty much everywhere I could get him down to the ninth ish mm-hmm. round, right? I thought that why not, right? It, now be careful it, talking about handcuffs. Pelt might listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Marlon Mack is not a handcuff. Marlon. <laughs> Marlon Mack is just the conduit upon which JT will learn and grow and then <laughs> soon ascend into his rightful position as the number one behind that line. But as it stands right now, Marlon Mack knows the system. They have the best offensive line in the in the NFL. I mean, there's absolutely no reason. The only way that he – and this is going to be – and I'm sure this is the, the disclaimer for all of us, provided everyone stays healthy, right? Yeah. So um, – so then I and I've been sitting here thinking about my ten, and I think I know what my ten is going to be. Uh, my ten is going to be that Dawson Knox finishes as a top sixteen tight end this season. 
that that's your ten percent. That's my ten percent. Because I think that's very likely. Well, the thing is, is that it's not evident based on the current ADP rankings, and it's not evident based on any of the beat reporting. It's not evident okay. based on anything else, right? But and I'll and I'll just give a quick explanation why Tommy Sweeney, one of his competitors, just went to IR. They released uh, Jason Kroom, and Tyler Croft is proving to be a bust, which kind of leaves him with a lot of opportunity. Uh, I don't know. I know that talent plus opportunity equals fantasy production, so he's got at least half the equation done. Now, is he talented? Well, the dude's a beast. Uh, the only thing is, is he's wor- he's had a little bit of issue with some ball security, but... You know, basically, he's going undrafted. If you want to take a if you want to take a shot in some deeper leagues, I think you could do a lot worse. Yeah, so. I I think that's fine. I, I will say this too. He since he is effectively undrafted right now, you know, we we've got to remember the difference between wide receiver like five and wide receiver sixteen is so small, right? Like, it, it's very small. Like. We need to stop thinking about or sorry, I said wide receiver. I mean tight end. Um, like we need to stop thinking about tight end ones being top twelve tight ends. We need to think about them being top five tight ends, right? Because the difference between tight end, you know, nine and tight end sixteen is teensy, teensy tiny, right? Um, it's just it's almost not even worth mentioning. So, and since he is going undrafted, and he's he could easily have the exact same season that Chris Herndon or Jared Cook or Johnny Smith or Austin Hoop or Tyler Higby, no fan, he could have the same season that they end up having, if I'm being honest. Uh, but we're we're nearing the end here. Let's wrap up. I think we're waiting for Chris's fifty percent <laughs> confident one. Let's hear it real quick. All right, I'll 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 do a running back one because clearly I have so much experience with good running backs. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that there's not a single rookie running back in the top 10 this year. And mainly this is a prediction that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is not a top 10 um, running top back. Top 10 or top 12? Top, I'll say top 10 just okay. because of touchdowns we could go in there. And all of this is half point. But um, I, my main concern with Hilaire is that I, I'm not convinced that they're going to give him the target share that everyone thinks he's going to get. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the 200 touches, but I don't see him going much above that, and I don't really hit, see him hitting in the 60 target mark. If he hits down in the 50 target mark and Daryl Williams takes some of that away, that probably bumps him down into the high RB2 range as opposed to a reasonable RB1. Yeah, I, I, I like that one. I, I've been pretty bullish, or uh, kind of, I don't, I don't know if this is the right word. I've been pretty against taking Clyde edwards alaire I, I, there's quite a few running backs I like more than him. I think I do put him exactly where you say his ceiling is, which is about like RB ten ish, right? Um, that's probably where I put him. I personally would rather have like an Austin Eckler above him, but that's sort of how I feel about that. Um, and I'm a KC fan, and I, I probably trash KC players more than anybody. Um, but either way, that's our wrap up here. Uh, I wanted to thank Chris for coming on. It was genius of us to bring you in on something you're less comfortable with. That way we can look smart for once. Hey, man, Um, we're just trying to help him develop as a player himself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, we're we're boosting your Fantasy Squared ownership next year. Oh, God. Again, (laughs) 
I don't pick myself, and it's smart every year. I'll go work on my 40 times, though, for the Combine. Thanks for having me on, guys. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and uh, we'll be doing more of these in the future. Looking forward to some week one projections and possibly some DFS stuff in the future here. See you guys.